Gail Trotter, a conservative voice for you, right inside our nation's capital. Legal and political analysis. Now, The Gail Trotter Show. Hi, this is Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am outraged, and I just have to share this new item with you. It is unbelievable that the left has the same playbook they use over and over and over again. We see this week evidence that the left is doing its usual trick of trying to blame innocent men of sexual assault, while at the same time we all know that the left covers up for men who are really actually rapists and guilty of sexual assault. I'm thinking of Harvey Weinstein in Hollywood. I'm thinking of Bill Clinton in national politics. And what I'm gonna tell you about today is a new political propaganda piece that is the latest evidence of something that this show is gonna cover over and over and again because we cannot have enough light driven to this subject. My question I pose to you today is why does the left preach that they are pro-women, but they love to attack conservative women? The left projects its worst traits on its greatest enemies, and there's no greater existential threat to the left than the outspoken and conservative woman. I am going to explore this point with you, as I said, over and over again, because there is so much evidence bolstering this point. I want you to make sure that the left is laughed at and called out every time that they assert that they are pro-women. For this week's evidence, we have all of the usual suspects from Harvey Weinstein's Hollywood. They have created and will release this week a series called Mrs. America, which is a political propaganda piece designed to try and besmirch and take down one of the most important women of the 20th century, Phyllis Schlafly. I wanna tell you a little bit about who Phyllis Schlafly was. She was a Harvard grad, she was a lawyer, she was a wife of 44 years, she was the mother of six children, she was a grandmother. She single-handedly organized women who were forgotten and demeaned by the so-called women's movement of the 60s and 70s, and she informed these women, she educated them, and she equipped them to go out, and she successfully defeated the passage of the Radical Equal Rights Amendment. She was the commander-in-chief of a, quote, army of housewives. She was the author or editor of 27 books, and she founded the influential Eagle Forum. Her achievements are too numerous to detail here, but I'm gonna to link to her bio from the Eagle Forum down below. The economist George Gilder wrote my favorite quote about her. Quote, when the histories of this era are seriously written, Phyllis Schlafly will take her place among the tiny number of leaders who made a decisive and permanent difference. She changed the political landscape of her country. In fact, by the measure of the odds she faced and overcame, Schlafly's achievement excels all the others. She won in part because she is one of the country's best speakers and debaters and its best pamphleteer since Thomas Paine. She won because of her indefatigable energy and willpower, mobilizing women in state after state. Now you would think that the left would lionize someone like this. 
They're always telling women to speak up, to get politically involved, to make their voices heard, to not cede the political field to, the, to men. And yet, because Phyllis Schlafly spoke out on behalf of the forgotten woman who was left behind by the women's movement of the 60s and 70s, they have to destroy her. And Hollywood is part of the alliance trying to make their points heard. And I just want to tell you a little personal experience I had with Phyllis. I was at a meeting just a few years ago, and I had the opportunity to meet her. She was very elderly at that point, and she seemed very delicate and almost frail. And I was astonished because I couldn't believe that this woman was such a warrior. She was someone who had accomplished so many amazing things that are hard to imagine just if you took part of them, writing or editing 27 books, moving a successful political movement, graduating and being a successful constitutional lawyer from the best schools, Phi Beta Kappa, at a time when women did not really seek higher education. She put herself through college while working during World War II to test munitions at a plant that was supporting the war effort. Now, she, was essentially the Joan of Arc for the forgotten American woman. And she did endorse President, she did endorse candidate Donald Trump for president shortly before she died, and that made the left crazy. This is why I'm particularly outraged about this latest Hollywood propaganda series called Mrs. America. I want to share with you three important points about what this propaganda series, Mrs. America, reveals. Point one, Hollywood is relentlessly leftist, and they use their dramas to rewrite fake histories, and then they give themselves awards for their efforts. When you compare the treatment of conservative women with liberal women by the left in Hollywood, the contrast could not be starker. Hollywood lies and makes up false charges about leaders of the conservative movement. They hide or ignore inconvenient facts or real facts about leaders on the left. They certainly don't make up completely negative and fake things about leaders on the left and make them prominent parts of the storyline, like they did in this Mrs. America series. Think of the laudatory and hagiographic movies about Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, for example. Emmy Awards are given for pieces that laud liberals and defame conservatives. I'm going to link to an article down below in the Toledo Blade that is already saying that this Mrs. America series should be given an Emmy Award. Colleen Holcomb, I know, she worked for Phyllis at the Eagle Forum. I'm going to link to her article below. Please share this article with as many people as you can so we can start to set the record straight. Colleen in this article states that the producers of the new FX Hulu series, Mrs. America, have hypocritically done to Phyllis exactly what the women's liberation and Me Too movement complain that the patriarchy does to women it cannot control, rape and defile them. Colleen rightly notes that Hollywood is looking for revenge against Phyllis, who rallied to her side those who helped to defeat the Equal Rights Amendment agenda of Hollywood and other cultural elites. If we go into the Wayback Time Machine and we look at the top people in Hollywood, including Alan Alda and uh, people from 
all these shows that you might not be familiar with, but the very best, most popular shows of the 1970s, they were all telling the rest of America that the Equal Rights Amendment was great and they needed to adopt it. And it's so dramatic. The story is so dramatic. It was almost going to be passed. It was almost going to be ratified. And it would have completely changed a lot of the basic understandings we have about the rule of law in this country. And yet this woman was able to marshal an army of housewives, as I said earlier, to defeat it. That is a gripping story. But what Hollywood produced is not. Uh, so Colleen rightly notes that Hollywood is looking for revenge against Phyllis. And the fact that Hollywood is attacking Phyllis after her death and she cannot defend herself, that's just sickening. Colleen mentioned the egregious lies of the series. And I hesitate to even say this because it is so upsetting to me and I don't think it should be repeated, but it shows how far the left is willing to go to tear down conservatives and particularly conservative women. Colleen mentioned that the episode lied and said that Phyllis was raped by her husband. Did I mention that Phyllis and her husband were married for 44 years, that they have six children, they have many grandchildren, and there is zero evidence of this defamatory claim against Phyllis or her deceased husband, who's a real person? As, as Phyllis's biography said, the series is, quote, so inaccurate, it's shocking. Colleen makes the great point that Phyllis inspired many young conservative women to be politically engaged and to speak out on issues of the day. The left say that they want women to be politically engaged, but their behavior clearly shows that the only women they want to speak out are the ones who support their leftist causes. The people involved in creating this Mrs. America series are leftists who want to seem fair, but their bias shows in the research that I did in the articles and the interviews that they gave. For example, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett a very famous actress, portrays Phyllis in this series. Blanchett revealed that, quote, my first knowledge of Phyllis was her coming out in support of Trump. So I was reverse engineering my understanding of her grassroots influence over how we got to where we are today. So it's quite fascinating that one of the most influential people of the 20th century, Kate Blanchett, had not heard of until Phyllis endorsed candidate Donald Trump. So Blanchett said, I don't believe in demonizing anybody, adding that she couldn't be less interested in folding her political views into any character she plays. And yet, as she said to the Salt Lake Tribune, we didn't make this as a piece of political propaganda. Yet, in the piece in the New York Times, Blanchett said, my mother was saying to me, how can you play someone like this? Like she was playing Hitler. And I said, because you just asked me that question, Mother, I want to find out who she is. The creator of the series, Davi Waller, said, I don't think we benefit from painting the other side, the side we don't agree with, as monsters. She was quoted saying this in the Salt Lake Tribune. I'll link to all these articles down below. But isn't it fascinating that in trying to show that they are objective and not biased, they reveal that the 
cause that Phyllis represented is the other side. And how could they, how could Kate portray someone like that? Yet in the New York Times, the creator of this Mrs. America series out of Harvey Weinstein's Hollywood, Waller revealed that, quote, we're so used to having male anti-heroes, and anytime we have a female anti-hero, she's basically a man. She's not really female. So what does a true female anti-hero look like? That's evidence of bias. They're setting her up as the anti-hero, the villain. And she also, Waller also said in an interview, if you find yourself rooting for Phyllis and hate yourself for it, that's also fun. Yet more evidence of the bias of these creators. Moving on to point two. The left projects its worst faults. It projects its sexism and hatred onto conservative women. I found it interesting in one of these articles, it talked about how Betty Friedan, who was a prominent woman on the leftist side during the 1970s of all of these debates, was debating Phyllis. And she got so upset and so emotional, she told Phyllis, I'd like to burn you at the stake. I consider you a traitor to your sex, which is always the, ref the last refuge of leftists and so-called feminists who believe that in saying that another woman is a traitor to her sex, that they can silence her voice. But it's fascinating if you look at the criticisms of Phyllis, particularly related to this new miniseries, they're all the things that people on the left say are sexist but they feel like it's fine to fault Phyllis with these same, same type of charges that they say are sexist. For example, criticisms of Phyllis include charges that her domestic life was eased by a full-time housekeeper. That's from the biography.com article that I'm going to link below. Another criticism, she spent much of her life fiercely advocating traditional women's roles, yet that work took her out of her own, own home. Well, no duh, if she's going to be an influential speaker and debater, of course she can't do everything from her home, but that doesn't take away from how accomplished and successful she was and contrast that with all the times we hear from leftists that it's unfair to criticize, you know, leftist liberal women like Sheryl Sandberg or Hillary Clinton for how they are as mothers or what they did or didn't do in their home. It is a complete hypocritical double standard and they should be ashamed of it and they should be made to be ashamed of it. Another example, Kate Blanchett, as I mentioned before, plays Phyllis in the series. She said, no one is perfect, including Phyllis, although her hair was mostly almost always perfect. Wait, I thought commenting on a woman's appearance was sexist, particularly if she was Harvard-educated and as successful as Phyllis was. Let's look at the New York Times. Blanchett admitted that it had not always been easy to find common ground with her character Phyllis, perhaps because of my perceived and actual points of difference with a character like Phyllis, I have really had to mine those points of connection, she said. I've been awed by her sense of multitasking. Wow, of all the things to admire about Phyllis, that seems like a sexist choice, doesn't it? Let's look at a ridiculous screed in Vanity Fair. 
Vanity Fair talks about how Mrs. America tells the villain story. They call Phyllis holier than a Stepford wife. And then it also references, we watch as her husband insists upon having sex with her over her protestations. If anyone needs the women's move it, movement, it's Phyllis. And yet the entire premise in this movie and in this Vanity Fair piece, it's made up. It's fake. It's not real. It's a lie. It's one of the worst lies that you can make up about someone. How outrageous. It's mind-popping. Another, another dig at Phyllis in the Vanity Fair piece, she leaves her children's upkeep to her unmarried sister-in-law and seethes with political ambition. She has a terrible, consuming ambition. She has oppressive domesticity. Mrs. America is a portrait of an anti-heroine who replaced sisterhood with strife. Never go against the sisterhood, right? And then furthering this idea that Phyllis was too ambitious, the piece says, sure, ambition corrupts, but Phyllis's resentment seeks to devour her entire gender. And just think about how much leftist women have been telling us it's improper to talk about a woman's ambition. We never talk about men's ambition. We never say that ambition is bad in a man. And yet that is what they're using to try and turn the viewer of the Miss America, Mrs. America series against Phyllis. In another fictitious part, the Vanity Fair article reveals that there's a friend who's invented for Phyllis. They didn't go talk to any of her real friends. They didn't go talk to her family. They didn't try to get any evidence from the people who actually knew Phyllis intimately, but instead they invent a friend for Phyllis. And uh, Vanity Fair takes this information about Phyllis's friend, Alice, and says, Alice exists merely to confirm that yes, Phyllis is awful and arguing in bad faith. And the Vanity Fair article goes on further to say, Phyllis styled herself into the villain of the women's liberation movement, a villain with cartoonish relish, endorsed a hateful ideology for her own advancement. Villains don't grow, change, or come to their senses. They remain trouble until they die. And of course, that's referring to Phyllis's endorsement of candidate Donald Trump. Uh, she, this Vanity Fair piece ends with saying, she made herself into a monster. I mean, can you believe this loaded language by the left that say they're pro-women? It's crazy. Let's also look at a piece in the Baltimore Sun that I'm going to link below. It says, she's really not a nice person. She's an opportunist who saw opposition to the ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment as a way to get political attention she believed she deserved. She was perfectly willing to stab other women and say things she knew were not true just to get media attention. It's almost like they're trying to discredit her and the entire movement, but they have to lie to do so. I think there's an idea about that in current parlance about being a media person, person who's trying to attract media attention. And to say that she didn't believe what she actually stood for is really outrageous. So my third point is that what is old is new again. The ERA was soundly defeated 
at a time when it really shouldn't have been. It was very close to being ratified and made part of our constitution. And Phyllis was able to command this army of housewives and make sure that it didn't go into law. And as we learned from President Reagan, liberty is not something that we can bequeath to the next generation. Each generation has to pick it up and fight for it and preserve it. So we're seeing this now. It's kind of crazy, but even though statutorily the Equal Rights Amendment cannot be ratified by states anymore, the Commonwealth of Virginia voted in favor of ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment in January of 2020. So it's also been frequently discussed in the Democratic primary season. And if you read these articles, they have sentences like, how much work is there still left to do? Blanchett specifically said she was ultimately drawn to do the role because of the story's resonance with our current moment. And the Baltimore Sun had quite a comment saying, if you need any more reasons to watch this Miss America series, Mrs. America series, consider this. The effects of the women's movement in the 1970s still resonate thunderously through American life today, whether it's Me Too or the patriarchy's last stand or the rights to the rights drive to get Roe v. Wade before the Supreme Court. So it's so fascinating that this is not over. This is the continuing struggle. The left has lied about an icon in American political history of the 20th century because she didn't share the views of the left, because she was a conservative woman who was very, very successful at stopping the train of the left taking over the country. And this is something that the Democrats have not given up on. And I think just to kind of wrap this all up, leftists preach that they are pro-woman, but in reality, there's nothing they relish more than tearing down a successful, influential, conservative woman. They use Hollywood to promote propaganda, to laud liberal women, and to demonize and lie about conservative women. They use sexist attacks against prominent conservative women because what is old is new again. These issues are front and center in 2020. I'd like to end with a quote that's inspiring to me. This quote is, about, is from Phyllis. She said, what you learn from my life is, first of all, that anybody can be a leader. You can be a leader. I wasn't born that way. I developed it. I worked at it. And also that grassroots can organize and take on powers that take on the powers that be and defeat them. That is the lesson. She has passed the torch. Are you ready to take it up? Thanks for joining me today on The Gail Trotter Show. Make sure to hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification so you don't miss an episode. Please comment down below on what topics you would like me to cover next. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also follow her on Twitter at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now. It's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.